Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Hi there, and welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. My name is Chris Woods, and I'm the host. And we try to give you guys some tips and techniques and ideas for ways to incorporate STEM into your everyday classroom. And it doesn't matter what grade level you teach or what subject you teach. Uh, there are ways you can fit STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math into any lesson, any unit, any classroom. And with me today are two special guests from the QAnon National Historical Park. We have Kathleen Harder. Yes, hello. And Jenny Eberline. Hello. And I said Eberline right, correct? You did, yes. Good. All right. So first of all, uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourselves just real briefly, and, and why did you decide you wanted to do something with national parks? I'm from Upper Michigan originally, and I traveled a lot to national parks with my family. I was really fortunate to be able to take a trip almost every fall, about a two-week camping trip to different national parks, and I got pretty excited about that then, and I went to school for a park and recreation degree, and um, I love the UP, but I wanted to get out and see a lot of other places. So I worked in a lot of different national parks, um, Indiana Dunes, National Lakeshore, northern um, tip of Indiana, southern part of Lake Michigan by Chicago. I worked at also Acadia National Park on the East Coast, Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, a few others, and probably my favorite is Glacier Bay National Park in Alaska. Not Glacier in Montana, but Glacier Bay, wow. which is all about the icebergs, calving, and that kind of thing. And through all of that, I really grew to appreciate and love Upper Michigan a lot more, and I wanted to come back to this area. And so um, when there was a job opening at Keweenaw National Historical Park, I applied, and I got it. And I've been here for about 11 years now. That's so. great. And by the way, she said UP, and if anybody doesn't know what UP is, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's, that's the acronym for the Upper Peninsula, because uh, Michigan is, is two parts, and, and we refer to ourselves in the UP as UPERS, and actually it just got added to the dictionary uh, just recently. Did it really? UPER, yeah, yeah just that. did, so <laughs> that's awesome. Y-O-O-P-E-R for anybody that wants to teach their kids a new word today. Uh, Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I have been with the Park Service for about four and a half years now. I started out as a Student Conservation Association intern at Sunset Crater Volcano National Monument in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, the SCA, as it's called, is, is a pretty great way to get your foot in the door and kind of no obligation if you're, if you're done after that internship and want to move on, you can, or it's a great way to start. And so from there, I went to Zion National Park, where I keep going back a couple seasons in a row, season after season. Last summer, I spent at Denali National Park in Alaska, and then this summer here at QAnon National Historical Park. So I am a seasonal employee. I kind of go around from place to place, and I actually have a degree in graphic design, so a little bit different from Park Service background. I was sitting in my science class my junior year of college, which I hadn't taken a science class in about six years. So that was, uh, that was kind of a wake-up call. We were talking about the geology of the Great Lakes, and it kind of hit me that I needed to work with conservation as opposed to designing behind a computer all day. Oh. Well, and, and there are ways, I mean, even just for, for students, and, and you can encourage kids to be able to use any type of degree 
you know, and, and again, I mean, that's that's kind of why I've, I've asked these these guests here today is is even if you're talking about a national park, you know, you think of Purple Mountain Majesty and across the fruited plain and 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 those kind of things. But you know what? There's there's art and beauty and, and history to it. But but there's a lot of uh, science and technology. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of engineering that goes I'm on to, so to, to, yeah. to pre preserve uh, things. Um, You're, you are absolutely right. There are so many different backgrounds and skill sets that are used in the park service. Um, whether seasonally permanent or, you know, people come and go. We have a lot of teachers that work for the park service um, in the summer, but then you're right. We have, you know, a historical architect on staff. We have a landscape architect. We have an archivist who is um, cataloging and doing work with, you know, old documents and photographs, but maintenance workers too, you know, all of them are integral and important to so many different aspects of what we do in the field and then also just administrators even, you know, everything. Law enforcement. Law enforcement, yep. Mm -hmm. Interpreters, people who are doing education programs in the classroom or in parks, and then also interpreters who are greeting visitors. Um, at the visitor center desk or leading walking tours or sky night tour programs. programs. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just in some of those things that you were saying, I mean, you could imagine a lot of those really connecting easily with, you know, a classroom with a teacher's classroom. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't, I mean, can, can you share maybe some of the, the ways or hows or, or maybe even some examples you've, you've seen of teachers using um, national parks in their classroom? Yeah, certainly. Um, we had an educator work with us a few years ago who actually was a technology, no, was a science teacher, but had developed a whole um, Lego, basically, as a replica of the hoist house that would take the copper rock out of the ground and bring it up to the surface and had made this whole entire model using Legos and pulleys. And it was just, it was fascinating to see that whole thing put into um, that sort of diorama, that format, it was really engaging and neat to see that. So that was just one really short yeah. example. Yeah, for me, I've been a guest speaker in classrooms, teaching anything from cultural history to the natural sciences, talking about animals and habitats or geology. And then I've also seen, there are several parks out there that offer what we call traveling trunks. And it's essentially a kit of materials, whether it's DVDs or props of some sort, like fossil replicas. And it's a whole set of materials that you can order from a park and they ship it to you. And then you can use it for part of your lesson plans and then mail it back or mail it on to the next school. Um, so there's there's a couple different ways that you can bring that that classroom in without having to leave, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, and another idea would be that a school all the way across the country, if they were studying about rocks or geology or something, they could even look up on, on the QAnos site, which has a lot to do with, with rocks and geology. And, and they could, you know, study not just their part of the country, but from all over. Absolutely. And even just this summer, we've had um, weekly Facebook posts, for instance, that are focused on specific topics. And one of them this summer has been um, about geology. Mm -hmm. And it's been basically this sort of, what would you say, a lesson each week almost? It's like this little yeah. mini lesson yeah. of the area's geology and its significance and importance put into 
just a few sentences and then linked to other um, web resources and photographs. And then you've been doing one on archaeology too. That's been really popular. So yeah. that's, you know, that's even just a simple little snippet that can get people interested and engaged that can expand and lead to a lot more too. A lot of those types of things, that's what, that's what really gets a kid, you know, hooked or <laughs> first interested, like sitting in a science class right. in, in your junior year of college, right? Yeah. Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so there's there's lots of resources online, of course. Uh, we'll have the link to the uh, the national park uh, site on on with the podcast here. But you could search for uh, nps.gov. That's the overall national park service. Um, you could search for the Keweenaw one. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also they'll even go by topics too. For instance, just like you're saying, you know, technology parks that are maybe really geared towards technology or really even cover the immigration issue or underground railroad, for instance, or um, steam power there, you know, they can, you can go by all these different topical interests and from there find a different list of parks that relate to those topics too. Yeah. And you can even search by grade level in addition to those topics. So if you're looking for a certain age group um, or grade levels, you can set those criteria to search for it on the park page pretty easily. Very, very cool. And there's, there, I've, I've looked at their website and um, there's, there's certainly, there's curriculum materials, uh, things about distance learning and, and field trips. You know, I mean, not every school has, you know, the, the, the money or, or resources to be able to, you know, go somewhere but technology brings anywhere right to you you know and we've recognized that a lot of our visitors are you know technology or are being served through technology because they may not have that opportunity to actually get to the park themselves so even if just for a little bit they can learn some and then maybe later they'll be able to come and experience that place mm -hmm. that's part of what we're trying to link and serve those visitors to and again i mean as you as a teacher your 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 goal your effort is to try to to get these kids interested in something sometimes it's just hey why don't you want it you know what is it that that motivates you what is it that you you like you know and 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 that's where i was when you were talking about the the, the structure built out of legos and pulleys and i'm thinking wow how how many how many elementary and middle school kids would just love trying to replicate something like that and that and that builds on all those spatial visualization and um you know, engineering and, and, and everything. And I think just because you hear the word historical park, you don't have to think in a small frame of what that means. It's just like you're saying, it can be, it can involve technology and all these other aspects as well. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, we think yeah. of, we think up here of the Keweenaw National Historic Park as, uh, you know, being built on this whole industrialization and the need for, for copper, which was mined, you know, aggressively for so many years. And, and and you can you can study that that effect of the industrialization. You can you know so you could bring it into history class, but then you could talk about the science. How did they actually get the copper out? And mm -hmm. and you could even look at now and 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 you can think about you know well what do you do with all these big piles of rock that are left mm -hmm. over now? And you've got this whole other engineering problem. I remember a local teacher actually um, because we have so many historic buildings in the area, and if you'll notice, a lot of the baseboards are very tall they're like sometimes 10 inches tall and he was actually measuring all the baseboards in the classroom and determining how many linear feet were in that and what would the cost of that would be today to build that same type of building or structure and i just thought that was a great way of taking a very local piece of architecture in their own classroom and applying it to math yeah. and business so, so.
Well, great. Any any other thoughts or, or ideas that you could you could share with a teacher? Try to encourage them. Um, we certainly heard a lot of great ideas, and and in fact, maybe this even would be a great podcast to even share with some of your students um, to to have them have them listen and um, and and think about you know, hey, working at a national park would kind of be fun. And it's very fun. It is. <laughs> it's a fun and job. I, and I, I appreciate what you're doing here too, Chris. I think it's just opening up opportunities and different ways of thinking. And that's what parks are really trying to do is be basically these outdoor classrooms and be an adjunct to what you're teaching in your class and how can you utilize it in different ways and help enhance and make that learning more fun and engaging and real. So that sounds like a perfect wrap up if I ever heard one. Uh, well, I'd like to again thank Kathleen and, and Jenny for, for joining us today. And I'm sure there will be some other links right after the podcast. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And this has been the STEM Everyday Podcast. Hope you'll tune in again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.